Y'all, I'm excited. We are continuing the faith and discipline uh, topic for the year. Uh, looking at what it means to, to have the disciplines of our faith, what it means to, to practice and engage in disciplines as a follower of Jesus, as a believer, uh, a, a, as one who has surrendered and received the salvation, the, 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 just placed our trust and, and, and hope in who Jesus is and, and, and what he accomplished on our behalf. And it's a big deal. Uh, we spent the first three months talking about the disciplines of our faith, the fact that, that, that God expects us to do certain things, and yet for us to do certain things because it's the right thing to do. We're supposed to spend time loving God back. A lot of times we refer to that as worship. Spend time in his presence. Spend time just loving God, right? We're, we're supposed to spend time in the word of God. And I don't mean, yeah, I, yeah, I read a Bible verse today, like, you know, the, the version Bible app. Now, that's not a bad thing. But, but so many times I know we get so busy, we read a verse and go, yeah, I read the Bible today. No, spend time in the Word of God. Set aside time in the busyness of your life to, to get into the Word, you see. We're, we're, we're supposed to spend time in prayer. Now, yeah, uh, the question was asked last week, and we didn't really answer it in numbers, but, but one of the questions for the question and answer Sunday was, how much time do you spend in prayer? And I think it was Jordan who gave the answer and said, you know, kind of all day long. You know, it's an ongoing conversation. If you're having a, a, sort of that thought process of engaging with the throne of God to pray. But we do need to set aside time where we just stop. Turn down the noise and just get along with God in prayer, you see. So that, that's a, we're supposed to spend time uh, serving one another. We're supposed to spend time telling people about Jesus, you see. Today, this is the reason I saved this one for last. It was actually number four, but I saved it for last. We're supposed to spend time telling people about Jesus, right? Because today... The, the message title today is Give Me the Good News. So I want to do a poll. Y'all ready? Let's do a poll. All right. When somebody says to you, you say, well, I got good news and bad news. How many of you want the good news first? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you want the bad news first? Okay. See? Right? Because uh, we, I mean, I'm kind of like that too. Give me the bad news because I'd rather end on the good news. All right? I want something to be smiling about when we're done here, right? So so today's message is give me the good news. And we want to give the good news first. And so we're going to read Romans chapter. We're starting Romans now. We're going to spend the next 13 weeks in the book of Romans. If you want to read, if you want to stay ahead, just read Romans. Read it every week. It's only 16 chapters. Just read it every week and you'll come in having prepared for morning worship, all right? Romans 1, 1 to 17, here's what it says. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was a descendant of David according to the flesh and was appointed to be the powerful son of God according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. Through him we have received grace and apostleship to bring about 
the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the Gentiles, including you, who are also called by Jesus Christ. Now, did you see the, the faith and discipline in that, in that last verse there? Because uh, it says, through him we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith. Right there, there's disciplines of our faith. <coughs> Slow down, Bobby. Here we go. Verse 7, to all who are in Rome loved by God called as saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, <coughs> excuse me. All right, I'm going to breathe in too fast. I choked myself. All right. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because of the news of your faith is being reported in all the world. God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in telling the good news about his son that I constantly mention you, always asking in my prayers that if it is somehow in God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I want very much to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is to be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Now, I, I don't want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I often planned to come to you, but was prevented until now in order that I might have a, a fruitful ministry among you, just as I have had among the rest of the Gentiles. I am obligated both to Greeks and barbarians, both to the wise and the foolish. So I am, I, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Now, here we go. Got this on a plaque at your house, maybe. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, just as it is, thank you, <laughs> just as it, as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Pray with me, all right? Father, I thank you. I praise you, God, for, for your word. And, and God, for the way that you, you have uh, given us your word. You've breathed it out for us. I thank you for, for men like the Apostle Paul who, 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 who received your breath, that inspiration. Put it down in writing. So here we are nearly 2,000 years later where we can pick up your word. God, you, you, you've conveyed it to us by pen, quill, whatever it was. God, you've preserved it for us through translations. And God, we can understand and get to know you as we spend time in your word. God, help us not to be negligent. In Jesus' name, amen. All righty, so we are beginning the book of Romans. We'll spend these 13 weeks in it, and I'm going to go ahead and share with you that uh, <clears throat> I think I've been convicted of the fact that quite honestly, since 1998, when I first started preaching on a weekly basic, basis as a, as a pastor, that I have never preached through Romans. It's kind of an astounding thing when I consider it. I look at, I preached in Romans and I preached topically in Romans and I preached particular passages in Romans, but I've never just walked from one to the end in Romans. And so as I was outlining for the next 13 weeks, I thought, all right, so next year, I'm going to go ahead, y'all can get way ahead if you want to, because in 2024, about the second Sunday of 2024, we're going to start right here again, but we're going to take it in bites. And we're going to spend 
all of 2024, I already know it's going to take more than 2024 to do it. We're going to spend all of 2024 in Romans and probably, any of y'all remember when I preached through the Gospel of John? I wanted to do it in a year. <clears throat> we did that whole first year. I didn't finish John until Easter, and then I thought God planned it because we were talking about the resurrection on Easter Sunday, right out of the Gospel of John. So, so we're going to spend a year and more in, in Romans. So, so the point of the day's message is don't stop. Don't give up. Don't, don't back off. You see, God has given to us and provided for us this salvation, this redemption, this regeneration. And Jesus told us that we would be uh, attacked. He told us we'd be uh, ridiculed. He told us that, that, that the world would hate us. He said, they hated me first. What do you, how do you think they're going to feel about you? So we don't stop. No matter what the opposition is, no matter what the news is, no matter what the government says, and no matter what parade issues go on around us, we don't stop proclaiming. Calm down. We don't stop proclaiming the good news. The gospel. You see? The focus of today is, is that for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith just as it is written. The righteous will live by faith. No matter the opposition, never back down. See, see, I like verse 15 too in, in conjunction with those two verses because Paul says, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. So, so Rome, you know, we, we, we've heard of Caesar and Julius Caesar and then the ones after Caesar named Caesar and the, the Julio-Claudius Empire that was established and, and, and we understand the Roman Empire and its, its incredible uh, uh, expansion and growth over what was called the known world and, and, and you know, uh, Caesar having sort of that, that inspiration of, of Alexander the Great and trying Trying to take over the world and all that kind of thing. And, 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 and by the time that Jesus comes along, obviously we know Rome controls uh, Israel and, 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 the, and the Jewish people are subject to Roman rule. And, and, and so uh, after Jesus' resurrection and the Christians in Jerusalem hit the uh, what they refer to as the diaspora, the, the, the scattering of Christianity because of opposition and persecution. And so Christians just scattered throughout the, the Roman Empire and, and then Paul uh, uh, God saves Paul miraculously on the way to Damascus right and, and so he goes and, and shares the gospel among the Jews in different towns and, and places throughout the Roman Empire all the way over to, to Corinth and Athens and, and Antioch and Ephesus and all those kind of places and then some of the people who got the gospel in all those kind of places ended up back in the capital city of Rome and, and there was a church in the Roman capital and it was made up most likely because of the nature of this letter. It was made up most likely of both Jews and Gentiles. 
Because this letter is addressed to both. A lot of times you'll see Paul talking about Old Testament uh, scriptures and prophets and all those kind of things. And, and, and you know that Paul is writing messages to uh, Jewish Christians, uh, people who, who had recognized Christ as Savior and, and, and had, had trusted him for their salvation. And so he writes to them in these different communities. And then, and then those who are still hardline Jews in these communities, they're the, one, they're the ones that end up beating Paul you know, 40, uh, 39 lashes five different times and, and beating him with rods and leaving him to die and all that. But anyway, Paul is writing this letter and I'm not a scholar and I admit that all the time, but I do know how to read. And scholars say that this letter was probably written sometime in the fall of, of 56 to the winter of 57 A.D. While Paul was back in Corinth during his third missionary journey, and in Corinth he, he undertakes to write a letter to the Christian church, Christians in Rome. Now, what we know is he addresses about five different groups in the Roman capital. So, so scholars will, will sort of, you know, they'll guess at it that there were, there were maybe five different congregations in the Roman Empire. House churches, okay? So that when they got this letter, they could pass it around and, and, and copy it. And, and, and everybody would get Paul's instruction on, on what quite honestly is probably the most direct, concise presentation of what it means to follow Jesus. See, Romans, I listen to a lot of preachers just because it's fun. I, I, and, um, and a lot of them will say this, if we didn't have anything else in the Bible but we had Romans, we could know the gospel. See that? One even said, you know, if we only had the gospel of John in the book of Romans, we'd have all we need. Uh, we get all the rest, so... And 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 uh, one of the questions last week was to Tr Miss Trudy was how many Bibles do you have, right? We got plenty. There are people around the world can't even get a piece of one, right? So maybe five different churches, the converts of these churches probably uh, uh, received Christ, trusted Christ, uh, got the gospel in other towns and that sort of thing. So we've got these Roman Christians, these Christians in the, the Roman capital. But this message that Paul shares is not just, it's not limited to those five churches. It, it is a message to Christians throughout the Roman Empire. And it's a message to Christians in 2023. It's a message for us. And if we don't pay attention to it, then it's on us that we didn't pay attention to what God said to us. Okay? How many of you, the gospel was presented to you in a method called the Roman road? Yeah, man, I remember when they sat down and they showed me chapter 3, verse 23. For all have sinned come short of the glory of God. And I was like, Okay, I was eight, right? I mean, first the first verse that my mom started with was John three sixteen, of course, right? You know, God loves you. He loves you so much. He gave His only begotten Son that if you just believe in Him, you don't have to perish, but you can have everlasting life. And then the hammer dropped <laughs> because you're a sinner, boy, and I'm your mama, and I know it. 
She didn't say it that way. <laughs> she was very lovingly presenting me with God's provision for my salvation. You see? So we get that. We, we understand this is a message, not just from Paul to, to what is potentially five congregations in Rome. This is a message for, from God to the entire body of Christ through the ages. Okay? So I want us to get serious about it. Now, I realized as I was outlining for the next 13 weeks that all I can do it's, it, it, so I took a bunch of classes in, 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 in Bible college and seminary, and they were called things like Survey of the Old Testament. And guess what? We're going to cover it in eight weeks. You know what? I'm barely going to get anything out of that. You know, Survey of the Book of Revelation. Excuse me? Eight weeks? The worst was this, this class we took called Progress of Redemption. We covered Genesis to Revelation in eight weeks. Now why? I'll tell you why. Because God at the very beginning had a design, a purpose, and a plan. And from the fall forward, he laid it out. And it's like an umbrella. That, that no matter, from, from that class, progress of redemption, I don't care in my life if I drop my finger down in Proverbs 14, verse 20. Let's see what that is. A poor person is hated even by his neighbor. <laughs> but there are many who love the rich. Huh. Sounds like a message for 2023, doesn't it? Okay, all right. Anyway, my point is, is that every part of God's word fits in that ark of God's plan and provision for redemption. So to understand Romans, what we've got to realize is that, yes, this is a message to Rome. It's a book that's considered a letter, a book that's considered very, very essential. Uh, I've always called it a legal treatise. Okay, is that the proper way to pronounce it? It's not a treaty, it's not. But All right, so here we go. It's, it, it's a legal document wherein God explains to us the big words like gospel, salvation, justification, sanctification. God explains to us through the pen of Paul what it means to hold this identity. I am a Christian. Folks, we live in a world where there's, there's compromise, where there's rationalizations, where there all these excuses why we don't somehow measure up, where, where, where Christians, and, and we're going to get to it next week. You know why the first message is give me the good news? You know what next, message, next week's message is titled? Because there's bad news. Right? So guess what I'm defying my own preference of, of, of bad news first so I can finish on the good news? Well, guess what? I'm giving you the good news first because the bad news is coming. Because we live in a world where God, not, not just truth, but the truth of God is being denied by those who actually claim Christ. So I want to present a little picture to you. Let's say we were going to write Romans today. I'm going to knock this off. You know that, right? 
<clears throat> Rome, capital, city of the empire. Caesar is 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 uh, the Caesars demand that that they be worshipped as God. King of kings. Yep, that was a word that the Caesar. That was a phrase that the Caesars claimed. Lord of lords. That was a word that the Caesars claimed. And Paul's writing a letter to say, guess what? Not ours. And yet we live in a culture and a time where people are claiming, they're, they're, they're attempting to make gods of themselves, of their preferences, of their identities. See? Paul undertakes to write a message to Rome which is the seat of the government. It is the legal authority over all the Roman Empire. So you, you want to get an understanding of why Rome, why the book of Romans is a legal document? Because Paul is writing it to the seat of the empire. And Christians who have to live as Christians in the midst of the empire, they need to understand why when they get challenged and arrested and condemned and stand forth to die for not calling Caesar the king of kings and lord of lords, they need to know why. And they need to know the foundation for it. And they need to understand that, that even if I die, I am not ashamed of this good news of salvation. I don't care if you disagree with me. I don't care if you want to torture me. Let's go on to all but John. The apostles all died as martyrs. See? Why? Because they knew this right here. Folks, I want to spend next year and beyond in the book of Romans. You know, I can't wait to start. I mean, I'm already picking it apart. Because before the end of the year, we got to do Hebrews, which is way too much to do again. I'm probably predicting the messages through the end of the decade. But it was written to the people in the city that was the law of the land. It was written to both Jews and Gentiles. You see the context and the text of the, of the book and it directs itself into those two different communities and Paul's undertaking is to communicate good news. He says, this is who we are. This is what we have in Christ. We have the good news. We have the gospel of Jesus Christ. That Jesus lived. He died. He was buried. He rose again. And it gives us not only forgiveness. I've shared Jesus this week quite a few times. Matter of fact, interrupted my lawn mowing Wednesday. Had a young lady a couple weeks ago. She came forward for prayer, and and then her daddy said, "Yeah, we need to talk to you." And I was like, "All right, cool." I said, "Look, I'll be in town this much, and I'll be in town this much, and I'll, and so so I'm cutting grass right in the heat Wednesday." At the time, they're my neighbors. They walked up the road. 
And Gabby sat down and said, I want to be baptized. I said, that's really cool. Let's talk about Jesus. So I shared the gospel with her. I said, do you know, just like mama did me, do you know that God loves you? God loved you so much that he gave his one and only, only begotten son to die in your place. Right? So I began just sharing the gospel with her and sitting on my front porch. I said, would you like to trust Jesus? Would you like to have that salvation? And she said, yeah. Little 14-year-old girl. She prayed to trust Jesus Wednesday. Guess what? We're going to baptize her today. See, I hadn't announced it yet. I wanted to save it for now. Because at 1245, we're meeting to go over and have baptism in the ocean. We baptized Father's Day. We baptized two on Saturday and three on Sunday. Today, I think at this point, we've got seven to baptize. Right? Gabby and her dad, Gary, they're my neighbors. I thought it was cool. Right? And then Wednesday night, I show up here. And Caitlin Miles comes up to me and she says, Pastor Bobby, I want to be baptized. I said, then we need to talk about Jesus. So I took her into a little room back there and we sat down and we started talking about Jesus. And, and, and I said, you just need to have a conversation with Jesus, honey. You just need to admit that you're a sinner and that, that, that you believe that Jesus died on the cross for, the, for your forgiveness. And you need to ask him to forgive you and save you. And you need to ask him to just live in your life. And she looked at me and she went, that's a lot. <laughs> now, if y'all know Caitlin Miles, you know why. She said, that's a lot. I said, well, can you remember it? She said, can you write it down? <laughs> so I just kind of wrote it out for her, you know. And I said, here you go, darling. I wrote it. It's on construction paper. It's perfectly, you know, good for kids, right? So I wrote it on construction paper. And I said, I said, Caitlin, I said, you can just have that prayer between you and God. And I said, when you get done, you just say amen. And then I'm going to pray for you. She wasn't satisfied with just between her and God. She sat there and she went, dear Jesus. And she started praying. She said, amen. And we prayed together. And so we're going to baptize her today. And while she went and told her friends, she was getting baptized on Sunday. So on Thursday, I had a mom text me and say, Lexi and Sam want to talk to you about getting baptized. So Friday morning, I went to Lexi. I went to Lexi and Sam's house and I shared the gospel with Lexi and Sam. Lexi and Sam prayed to trust Jesus and I'm, I get to baptize Lexi and Sam today. Y'all, this is good news. And we don't stop, we don't back down and we don't quit. I don't care what the world says to you about it. I don't care what pressure they put on you. I don't care what attacks you face or what criticism you get. Oh my goodness, they might call me a name. Fine. I follow Jesus and only Jesus. And there's no other king in my life. There's no other Lord in my life. I, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Yes, Jews. Yes, Greeks. Yes, Gentiles. Yes, old people. Yes, young people. See? Man, I am... Mm. We have 
new life because God saved us. And I will not give in to a culture that wants to deny not just God's design and plan, but wants to deny that God even exists. I won't. And that's our good news, y'all. Because guess what? There is bad news. There's bad news out there. The start of the next section for next week just simply says, for God's wrath. God's wrath is revealed. Wow, you know what? I'd like to avoid that if I can, please. Right? Right? I mean, think about it. Folks, are you living the identity that God has given you in His Son, Jesus? the Christ, the anointed, the Messiah. Is it a struggle? Absolutely. Man, I, you know, people say, well, you're a pastor. It's easy for you. Really? Sorry. Y'all don't know me very well. But I tell you what, when your neighbor knows that you know Jesus, my neighbor right across the street, he and his wife are going through a struggle because she just had some, she just had a brain surgery because of a tumor, and and I he he hadn't been there, we hadn't seen him for a week or more because he goes to the hospital early in the morning, comes home late at night. We hadn't seen him, but I saw him leaving his driveway yesterday. My neighbor walked over to talk to him, so I went sprinting off the front porch to get over there to him, and they were already in the conversation. I said, "Look, I don't want to interrupt, but I just want to pray." Let's pray. So we prayed for him and his wife, you see. Folks, if we will live out our testimony in our community, in our workplaces, in our families, if we will live out Jesus in our lives, God will bring you opportunities to give people good news. Don't miss it. <laughs> it's incredible. Maybe you're here this morning, you know what? You're going, I can't share good news because I don't have good news. Maybe you're here because you don't know Jesus. Well, we want you to know Jesus. More than anything else, we want to introduce you to the Savior of the world. Maybe you're a Christian, but you've let the world crowd out the things of God. Distractions, interruptions. Maybe they're your own weaknesses and proclivities. I don't know. Guess what? God redeems. God regenerates. God transforms. Maybe you want to be a part of the gathering. God's doing some really cool things here. I had a big old bus doing dental work here yesterday. God's doing some really cool things in the gathering. And maybe God wants you to be a part of it. Okay? All right. Pray with me. Father, thank you for today. And thank you that you are doing some really cool things and that we get to be a part of it. God, my prayer is, is that we would not back down. That, that, that we wouldn't be afraid because you've not given us a spirit of fear. So God, help us to stand. God, help us to stand in the middle of Rome where the government is opposed to us and where the community doesn't like us. 
and where we're going to face opposition and ridicule and, and quite possibly persecution. God, help us to stand and never stop. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.